What's going on, guys? So let's get into the waiver wires ahead of week nine. Um, I'm going to begin this by talking on a very important position in terms of fantasy football, and that is the 49ers running back group. So I mentioned Jermichael Hasty last week, and I have to mention him again because he's still available in nearly 60% of Yahoo leagues. So right now with the recent injury to Tevin Coleman and the minimal workload of Jarek McKinnon, he looks to be their quote-unquote lead back for the foreseeable future. But I, I just... I think that he is at least, in a worst-case scenario, 50% owner of the San Francisco 49ers in a Kyle Shanahan run scheme. I think he's 50% owner of that workload. So that alone should tell you how highly he needs to be prioritized. And let me just preface this by saying there is some bust potential there because he's an undrafted rookie, right? Like that, there is... You know, there is some downside to him, but in my opinion, I think he's pretty safe and I and I believe in the talent. I mean, I had a fourth round grade on him. I had a comp to Devontae Freeman on him, and it's not just because of the dreads, <laughs> but um I think he's a legit player and I'm I was shocked that he didn't go didn't get drafted, but the fact that he was an undrafted free agent does bring down his um floor a little bit, but I'm comfortable with it. I don't think you'll have to spend a ton, a ton, but I do think he is a guy that absolutely has to be owned. And uh, yeah, I think he's worth adding. So Jarek McKinnon, just let me touch on him real quick. He should should definitely still be added. Like if he's available in your league and you and you need a back, add him for sure. But I think mainly McKinnon's role will be that that you know kind of come in and catch some passes uh, kind of guy. So he's only ran the ball. 13 times in the last four weeks. And uh, even in a rough outing, Jermichael Hasty got 12 carries on Sunday against Seattle. So that is just kind of something that you should look at. And, and they said McKinnon had tired legs or something like that. I read um, earlier this week, but in my opinion, it just seems to be because McKinnon was never a guy that was getting a bunch of carries in this system so far. I think he had one decent carry game, but other than that, he's been really just the guy that comes in and catches a few passes when they need him to. So um, also, Jeff Wilson, even though he's on IR, remember, IR is not your typical IR, right? So he is on IR uh, in a COVID-19 IR season. So that means you can have more guys on IR and have them come back sooner. So, I, I mean, he's a guy that, yes, he'll probably miss a few weeks. But in my opinion, if he comes back He's a lock for 12 to 15 touches per game in the best run scheme with the best run play caller, especially or probably overall play caller in the NFL. So if Jeff Wilson is available, which he is in a lot of leagues, um, I think he's worth adding. If you have the roster space, get him on your team now when you can do it for free. You don't have to spend a dollar on him or any waiver position, most likely. And just get him on your roster now. And um, if if Jermichael Hasty struggles, uh, well... They're, they're going to put Jeff Wilson back in if he's assuming he's healthy. So I think it'll be right now, Jermichael Hasty's the guy, and he has a huge golden opportunity because if he starts performing well, well, look out because he could be, you know, the really the bell cow back there in terms of running the football. But if, if, um, if he doesn't, if he plays okay, you know, decent, not great, uh, Jeff Wilson, when he comes back, will be the full on workhorse back. So I think if, if you have an opportunity to add a guy like that, 
who really has true RB1 potential, as we saw what he did to the Patriots in the, in the game he got hurt in. I think Jeff Wilson is a guy that nobody's really talking about because of the whole quote-unquote IR. Like, imagine if he wasn't on IR and he was just a guy that, you know, should miss a couple weeks. We'd be drooling at the at the prospect of having him. But right now, you can literally add him for free, you know, if you have the roster space to just know that he won't play for probably a few weeks. Hey, if that's an RB1 for the stretch run, if you're a good team, you should be looking to add Jeff Wilson. All right. The Patriots running back, rookie, uh, sorry, second year running back, Damian Harris. <clears throat> he's only rostered in 40, 47% of Yahoo leagues. And, you know, he's a guy that it's so weird, right? He's had two 100-yard games this season. And in, in, I think in each of the last four weeks, two of the last four weeks, he's had over 100 yards rushing, including this past Sunday. And he's done that in both of those games. He's only played 31% of the snaps. It's so weird if you look at the splits on how much, how many snaps he played versus how many touches he got. It's it's uh, So he's only going to play 30% of the snaps, but he will get the ball when he's in there. 60, 70% of the time, he's going to get the football. So um, he's, like I said, he's owning 47% of Yahoo leagues. So he's still available in one of every two leagues. So I have to mention him, even though in a lot of the most competitive leagues, he's probably not uh, a free agent right now or, or on waivers. But I think that overall, like I said, he's worth mentioning just because he's a bona fide, I'd say low-end RB2 moving forward at, at worst, right? And another guy I touched on last week is Zach Moss. It's, uh, again, worth bringing him up once again this week because he's only rostered in 55% of Yahoo leagues. So Zach Moss last two weeks, 21 carries 128 yards and two touchdowns and also has three catches on four targets for 25 yards. Um, this Buffalo backfield looks like a 50, 50 split moving forward. And Zach Moss is definitely the preferred guy in short yardage slash goal line situations. So in all honesty, he may be not just the 50, 50 guy, but he may be the preferred fantasy owner in in terms of the Buffalo Bills backfield right now, considering he's going to get that. Uh, he's going so Singletary will probably see more receiving work, but Moss will see the goal line work in short yardage. So that uh, alone, I mean, they each had 14 carries last week for like 81 and 86 yards for Moss. So Moss has outperformed Singletary by a very narrow margin, at least um, last week. But in terms of the last two weeks, he has. Um, done more with the carries he's gotten. So he's definitely someone you should add. Again, similar to Harris in the most competitive leagues, he may not be available, but he should be He should be on your team. Jordan Wilkins, running back from the Colts, rostered in just 3% of Yahoo leagues, had 20 carries, 21 touches for over 100 yards, but 20 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown, also converted the two-point conversion. And at this particular moment, he just looks like the better running back than Jonathan Taylor, rookie Jonathan Taylor, that is. Um, and Taylor is, quote-unquote, dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. So I'm not sure if that's like a serious, you know, thing that's limiting him or if it's the fact that that he's just a rookie and he's kind of pressing a little bit and having some struggles. I think it's a combination of both, in all honesty. And this goes back, guys. <clears throat> a lot of people got frustrated with me for, you know, kind of uh, wanting to temper expectations on rookie offensive skill players. And the reason that was is because you never fully know. Like, even though Clyde Edwards-Elair has looked great this year and he's not struggling like the way Jonathan Taylor is, it's, it's worth mentioning again that you need to be careful 
with rookie skill players, especially in an offseason like this where it's limited, very limited in the offseason in terms of, you know, practice reps on the field. It's, 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 there's always some going to be some risk associated with it. Now, I did like Taylor more than Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and by no means am I throwing in the towel on Jonathan Taylor for this season. But how I view it is Taylor, um, I, I felt like they were had the relatively same similar workload, but Taylor was available in ADP terms for a fourth, fifth round pick, whereas Clyde was going top five. You know, so that was my justification on that. But I think overall, the fil- from the philosophical ugh, philosophical standpoint, I think that was the right strategy. But I, I, I just nobody could predict that Taylor would come in pressing because by all means, he was to me at least, the, and to a lot of people really, the most pro ready runner from a just a tackle box runner perspective you know an early like I thought his floor was early down usage but hey he maybe he needs and this is kind of my opinion on him he needs to sit down with a quote-unquote ankle injury for a couple weeks watch Jordan Wilkins who's a true pro he's not a you know uh, he may not ever be a great running back but he's a good professional and just watch him play right like take a deep breath kid watch him play and um and then we'll let you back out there. And I think that will pay huge dividends for Jonathan Taylor. I still expect him to be the guy. So don't do anything crazy like dropping him. Dude, there are so many people that DM me and they're like, hey, man, I had to drop J.K. Dobbins. I had to drop, you know, like Zach Moss. Like, And that's all in the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, guys, please don't do that. Please pick him back up if you can. You know, uh, I mean, look at Dobbins this week. I've been telling you guys in the case of Dobbins, it's even slightly more optimistic than it is with Jonathan Taylor because when Dobbins has had the opportunity, he's made plays, right? And then what happened this week? He had more of an opportunity and he succeeded again and, you know, over 100 yards rushing for this game. So that guy is one that also I should just bring him up now real quick. Obviously, if he's available in your league, you need to add him immediately. Um, But you know, just in terms of let me get back to Jonathan Taylor slash Jordan Wilkins conversation for a second here. Um, Jordan Wilkins should definitely be owned, right? Like he needs to be rostered, but I would temper expectations just a little bit in terms of if the price gets too high, right? If you're if you're thinking that that Jordan Wilkins is your season saver, he might be, but I wouldn't pay that price when it comes to adding him on waivers this week. I wouldn't want to pay the season saver guaranteed home run ball price for Jordan Wilkins because I think that, yes, he will be a guy that is going to be involved at least in terms of the short term. I think the short term ROI, return on investment, will be there for you. But I'm not so sure he'll be the lead back come fantasy playoff time or down the stretch run of the season. I think Jonathan Taylor is a guy that, if you, he's been on my buy low list many times this year. And I think that if you can buy him really low right now, you should totally do it because I just believe, and this goes back to if we, if we can agree on that quote unquote intent of the team make, you know, if we prioritize that, if we prioritize that at all, I think that means that Jonathan Taylor is a guy that you don't want to give up on just yet. All right, now moving on to the Chargers running back, Tremaine Pope. This guy coming into this week was rostered in 0% of Yahoo leagues. And um, look, I understand there 
there is a lot to be excited about in terms of potential fantasy role for this guy. And I like him too. I mean, he was targeted seven times in the passing game, caught five of them. And he also had 10 carries and did a lot of damage with those. Average almost seven yards a carry. Look, I like him, but here's where I'm going to caution you. uh, Justin Jackson, who, by the way, is only owned in 57% of Yahoo leagues and should have probably been a guy that that should have showed up on my Buy Low podcast that I did yesterday. Justin Jackson, to me, is still the 60-40 lead back by by all regards there in LA. And the reason I say that is because when you look at Pope, right, the Chargers ran the ball 37 times. Pope got 10 of those carries. So when I, and he also, like I said, the seven targets is obviously not a really sustainable role, especially with Austin Eckler probably coming back at some point um, to be that kind of guy for them. I think that Pope is a guy that should be added as long as it's not at a huge price, right? Because I think that he is more of a guy that's going to be a threat to Joshua Kelly, the rookie fourth rounder from UCLA's workload, than he will be to Justin Jackson. I think Justin Jackson's role is secure. I think Pope will be an issue for Joshua Kelly owners if there still are any of you left out there. Um, Yeah, so I think that definitely he's worth an ad. Um, I think that he's a solid ad, really, but I, I just think, He's probably a flex option in the short term, at least moving forward. Um, but I would not, you know, I wouldn't give up a ton for him. I would definitely give up something for him if you just, especially if you just have some bye week issues and you need a guy to come in and, and play running back for you, whether it's flex or just as your RB2 for just a couple of weeks, maybe that'll work. Assuming he's out of the concussion protocol, we need to keep an eye on that. I heard he was in concussion protocol, so that obviously matters, especially before a guy that I view as more of a shirt, a short term fixture than a guy that you should be preparing to win long term with in 2020. All right. Darnell Mooney, Chicago Bears receiver. Darnell Mooney is a guy that I have mentioned several times and still he's only rostered in six percent of Yahoo leagues. So in the most competitive of the leagues and especially in a deeper league, he's probably taken. But in my opinion, now is your last chance to add him at a quote-unquote reasonable price okay this guy has not played fewer than 60 percent of the snaps since week one his targets over the past six weeks five targets nine targets five five seven six and so he had six uh, on sunday against the saints he turned that into five catches for 69 yards and a touchdown also it's worth noting just based off memory right now as i'm saying this i remember him on a deep shot earlier in the game had a few steps more than more than one on um, Janoris Jenkins and Foles missed him. And that was it. So he was like very close to having a dominant game. So that, that to me should tell you that, look, I'm not saying he's going to guarantee, you know, be a high floor wide receiver two or anything crazy like that, or even wide receiver three on a week to week basis. But what I am saying is that, the upside is definitely there. He's in a good situation because Foles usually throws a pretty good deep ball, number one. Number two, his workload in terms of just how much he'll be on the field is, you know, his floor, 60% of snaps. He played over 90% of the snaps uh, on Sunday against the Saints. So that is critical. So his his the fact that he'll be on the field is, is big, right? 
his floor, if we can judge it based on the past six weeks in terms of targets, is five a game, okay? Um, and he is a guy with legit deep speed and home run ability at any moment. So I think that if you're in a dynasty league, this guy has to be owned and prioritized because I think he is a future, potentially a future star there in Chicago with that. Like if you think Matt Nagy came from Kansas city and no one's going to mistake him for Andy Reid, but you have to imagine that he's viewing this guy as his version of Tyreek Hill, right? The mid round draft pick turned immediate impact player as a rookie turned potentially into that guy, you know, moving down, down, um, in terms of long-term in his career. So I like Mooney a lot. I think that it's, to me, it's shocking that he's available in over 90% of Yahoo leagues and probably in over 90% of any league. So um, I think he's definitely worth an ad. And if he has one more game along the similar lines to what he did on Sunday against the saints in terms of just fantasy production, I think he will be a star studded, you know, waiver wire guy in the future. So, you know, me, I'm always trying to get that guy a week early rather than, paying full price. So I think that if we look at intent of the team, it's obvious that he's in their plans. If we look at just what he's done and especially playing 93% of the snaps against the Saints, that is crucial by far his season high. And uh, yeah, I say get him now while you still can. All right. Um, Daryl Henderson was injured in the Rams game and I'm not so sure how serious the injury is, but Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown are both guys to consider. Um, Brown will be the cheaper slash higher floor option. And uh, but again, if we value the intent of the team, Akers makes more sense, right? Akers is definitely the more the higher upside guy. And even if Henderson comes back healthy, to me, he's still worth an ad. Now they have a bye week this week, so that could bring down the price, right? I don't think either guy will be super expensive to add. But I do believe that Cam Akers has more upside because the intent of the team, once again, they took him in the second round. They took him with their first overall pick in the draft, right? So, you know, they let Todd Gurley walk. This guy was being drafted in the sixth or seventh round by fantasy owners. And it was mainly because of the intent issue. Like Todd Gurley leaves, they take with their very first pick a running back in Cam Akers, who a lot of people like pre-draft, including myself. And, um, I didn't like necessarily like him at his ADP, but I did think that he would have one of the better seasons of rookie skill players. And I'm still a believer in him, right? I, I was kind of sold on Daryl Henderson a few weeks ago, and I still am. I definitely don't think you should be dropping Daryl Henderson, but I do believe that if there's a guy you should add out of these two, it's Cam Akers because I think he has the upside. I think Malcolm Brown, as long as one of Akers or Henderson is still healthy, I think Brown is just that eight to 10 touch per game guy, or maybe six to 10 touch per game guy. Um, you know, decent floor when he's in there, but I, I'm not going to say he shouldn't be owned. He, he should be, but um, I just think that Cam Akers is the guy you're going to want from that uh, running back group, not named Daryl Henderson, at least. Okay, and also I think that even if Daryl Henderson is is you know getting his normal workload, fifteen plus touches per game, I still think there's a role for Cam Akers to even be a matchup based flex option moving forward because I think the Rams are just going to run the ball that much. So I think it could be the Cam Akers Daryl Henderson committee show similar to what you see in Buffalo with Singletary and Zach Moss. I think that could be the 
the uh, kind of thing for them moving forward. So, all right, uh, DJ Dallas, this guy didn't necessarily, you know, have an efficient day, but he was against the great defense and he did see the end zone. So I think DJ Dallas, we need to keep an eye on the status of obviously Chris Carson, who's going to miss a few, uh, probably is going to is week to week, I think, with a mid foot sprain. And then you've got Carlos Hyde, who should probably miss some games. So Dallas is a short term necessary add. If you you know if you're hit with some bye weeks uh, right now, which a lot of people are, go ahead and add him. Um, I don't think that the upside is there for him to be a, you know a, a crazy scorer for you. He's similar to some of the other guys I've mentioned, where he's a short term fixture. Um, potentially could be a guy that carves out a role for himself, but I don't think so. Uh, I think that they're going to go right back to Carson when he's healthy, when and if he's healthy. And yeah, so I think that you should obviously add him. I mean, he had like either 20 touches or close to 20 touches in in, uh, Sunday's game and he got in the end zone. So there's always that. But I think that um, overall, like I said, I view him as more of a short term guy, so I wouldn't overspend on him. Um, Denzel Mims needs to be owned. Julian, I mean, sorry, uh, Nikhil Harry and Kill Harry needs to be owned because Edelman's on IR. I think he'll be back soon. Harry missed um, Sunday's game, but I do believe that Harry is a guy that if Edelman, if Edelman's injury causes him to miss several games or even the rest of the season, which I don't see that happening, but I think Harry's a guy that you could be a week early on, and I think he could really pay dividends for you because volume should be there, assuming Harry comes back soon. Um, I think you should get him. Like he's a guy again. You should probably be taking as a free agent, not on waivers. You don't have to claim him, spend a bunch of money on him on waivers. But I think Harry is definitely a guy that uh, should be owned, and I would like to be a week early on. Marvin Hall is another one. If Kenny Galladay misses time, Marvin Hall might be the guy to step up and and be that big play threat for Detroit. So I would, you know, again as a free agent, not as a waiver wire guy. Curtis Samuel. And uh, Curtis has had two big games in a row now where he's gotten in the end zone and, and he's really seen decent volume. I think that Samuel's a guy that his value is kind of hurt by the fact that he lost his game on prime time on Thursday night. And that um, if he like the fact that he played on Thursday, if he would have played this game on Sunday night, he would be a top ad. You know, it just shows you how the perception kind of gets messed up there, because if he would have played his game on Sunday night and had the game he did with a touchdown and like seven touches or, you know, as a receiver, um, that would be something that uh, more people would be taking notice of. But because of the fact that it was on a Thursday and we've kind of forgotten about that now, he's a guy that you could probably get for very cheap or even possibly as a free agent. I don't know if he'd be there as a free agent, but you know, so I think he's a cheap ad. Again, he's going to be the number three or four option there in, in the passing game. But I do believe that there is a high volume, um, not a ton of deep down the field, big playability in terms of like depth of target wise. I think he's obviously a home run threat whenever he touches the ball because of the kind of talent he has as a, as a yak guy. But in my opinion, he's a matchup place matchup based flex option moving forward with a decent floor and volume and um you know a guy that that as we've seen the last two weeks has some upside as well so i like curtis samuel as long as you're getting him for very cheap and if you need a guy to fill in for you while your receivers are on bye week he is a short-term ad that could 
pay some some quality dividends and give you a nice solid return on investment. So I like him. Um, but yeah, that's what I've got for you guys on this episode. Just wanted to touch on some necessary waiver ads. If I forgot anybody, which is definitely possible, DM me and just ask me about them and I'll, I'll try and get back to you ASAP so that you can get your waiver claims in for tonight. So anyways, I appreciate you guys for listening and I'll catch you later.